Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. How's it going, everyone? Off and running. Another big week of NFL and NCAA action ahead of us. Yeah. Um, we can recap quickly tonight the UFC that we didn't uh, we didn't get too much into last weekend, but uh, some fun events there. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to obviously preview the NFL Week 4 and NCAA football action. What else we got tonight, Tom? Anything else exciting going on? I think that's it. I mean, it's exciting. There's baseball on all day, playoff baseball. Yeah. Is up and going, so that's a lot of fun. Not a great weekend with the selections on the podcast again. Um, We did have some struggles last week. Uh, Tom, it looks like he, in college football, went 1-1-1. Yeah. I went 0-2-1. And and in the NFL, Tom went 1-2. I went 2-1 in the NFL, including a lovely Moneyline victory by the Chicago Bears over the Atlanta Falcons. So... Happy to, to get that. So Sunday was a success for me. Saturday, not so much. And uh, we're going to continue to keep grinding away, and it's going to improve as the season goes on. We are um, actually 2-0 uh, and on our money line picks last week. The Chiefs, obviously. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we so. banged out two money line winners for you guys last week. That's, you know, got to love that. That'll, that'll help. That's plus money. It takes away some of the sting from uh, any of those minus 110 losses that you took along the way. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what happened in college football last week. Um, Craziness you know, happened. Yeah. It was um, basically teams with huge, they were huge favorites going into the game. Yeah. And they were going down. I think that my favorite one to watch was LSU losing to Mike Leach and uh, Mississippi State. 623 passing yards. Yeah. For Mississippi State in that game. Obviously, the loss of Stingley prior to the game with an illness hurt LSU secondary, but that tells me that there's some real problems in Baton Rouge this year. As we suspected, you know, they, they lost so much that you can't just instantly reload like that. And then Oklahoma having a big lead on K State and then losing to them for the second year in a row, mind you. Second year in a row, they lost to K State. Chris Kleiman is a great football coach. Yeah. He, he does a great job. I talked to, I, I said, I had reservations about picking against Chris Kleiman like that. Yeah. And I normally wouldn't do it, and it looked good for a while. I think 28-7 they might have been out at one point. Um, And then they end up losing the game outright. So uh, some of those things happen, I guess, with with Rattler getting, you know, what, his second career start. Uh, Just didn't didn't perform well on the offensive side of the ball in the second half, and K-State made the adjustments they need. That was fun to watch, that K-State team win that football game, though. Absolutely. Um, obviously, the SEC kicking off was a big deal. Uh, Florida, they gave up a ton of points, but they scored like crazy against Six Ole Miss. Six touchdown passes there. Yeah, Kyle Trask looks really good. Auburn had a hard-fought game against Kentucky uh, that they managed to come out on top. They ended up pulling away late in the game. Um, I think it was like 29-13 or something they ended up winning. So it was a, it was a fun week, first weekend of football in the SEC. Georgia looked like trash against Arkansas in the first half. Yeah. And a lot of people have Arkansas picked to not win a game in the SEC this year. So uh, that should be a concern for the Bulldogs moving forward. They did get it together in the second half. Um, but 
they certainly didn't put up eye-popping numbers, and uh, they're going to need to clean things up uh, down in Athens. Miami continues to look really good, just embarrassing. Florida State, 52-10. to 10. Just <laughs> They don't look like they're in the same league as them right now. Yeah, Derek King looks really good, too. Yeah. Uh, that That's a team that's going to be dangerous this year. And uh, it's nice to see. It's, it's kind of fun to see the U back with a, a good football program. Um, that nice win on the road at Louisville, and then uh, just running Florida State out of the building. So on to the NFL last weekend. Uh, let's, you know, no reason to bury the lead that the Monday night game was the game of the week going into things. And Kansas City and Andy Reid, they, they've just got Baltimore's number right now. Yeah. He did such an amazing job scheming up some of those plays. It was just gorgeous. Some of those, the the quick, the little slip pass to Travis Kelsey uh, down the middle after they faked the wide receiver screen out wide, and then the play at the goal line where he throws the where Mahomes the throws leg, the underhand yeah. pass to Anthony Sherman for the touchdown. Uh, Baltimore a, closed it to twenty seven twenty. Never felt that close. Yeah. Pop quiz: Who was the Baltimore Ravens' leading wide leading? I shouldn't say wide receiver. Leading receiver for the game. Yeah, I don't know. They passed for 90-something yards yeah. total in the game. So um, it definitely wasn't Hollywood Brown. He had uh-huh. like 20 yards. The answer is J.K. Dobbins with a total of 38 yards. Yeah. Not going to get it done. The passing game's got to be better than that. And yeah. as much as Lamar Jackson is explosive and dangerous, if you can stop them from passing, they're completely one-dimensional at that point. And you can deal with him breaking off a 12 or 13 or 22-yard run periodically. They played a little bit of bend but don't break at times, did yeah. Kansas City. and um, Came up with some big plays, though. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City, you know, they, they just look really good. They, yeah. they look really good. So um, then we had what ended up being the most exciting game of the week in Buffalo. Where yeah. the Bills jump out to the twenty-eight to three lead, the dreaded twenty-eight to three lead. Yeah, the dreaded twenty-eight to three. You might want to miss that extra point or something. If <laughs> yeah. you go up twenty-seven to three, you might want to miss that extra yeah, point just to feel better. Just kick it right into the center's ass. And yeah, be done with it. So uh, they go up twenty-eight three, and then in the fourth quarter, with what about four minutes left, Los Angeles storms yeah. all the way back to take the lead, thirty-two twenty-eight. Then Josh Allen marches them down the field. They end up chaos sp- midfield because. There's penalties. There's he's trying. He's fumbling the ball, and then just shot puts it forward for England. Just chaos in the yeah. middle of the field. It was it was not what you would call a clean drive no. to go win the game, but he got it done. Um, you know, including the pass interference call. There's been some conjecture about it. I don't think it was that big of a deal. It was close. You know, yeah. it was. It, it's. Uh, it can be called either way on that yeah. play. So uh, for people to be making that the difference in the game, it's just because it happened on fourth down and the game would have been over if, if yeah. they don't call it. So um, it just puts a spotlight hey, on something like the that. The Rams should not be complaining. They made it to an NFC. They made it to a Super Bowl because of a pass interference not called. So yeah. They got theirs. Yeah. So, you know, it was a unbelievably fun game. And we can't forget about the Chicago comeback in yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta can't keep a lead to save its life. What a disaster down there. <laughs> it's so bad. Dan Quinn has got to be on the hot seat big yeah. time now. And now they've got to go play in Green Bay this week. It, it's not looking good in Atlanta. No. I, I think that things are they're bound to change there. There's too much talent on that team to be losing all these games late. You can't keep doing it. 
that you blow that game against Dallas. You blow this game against Chicago. Nick Foles comes in, three touchdown passes in the fourth <laughs> quarter. And uh, are the Bears just, uh, you know, living good or what? I don't know because they've got they've got uh, two of these big comebacks now yep. in the fourth quarter. And they're 3-0, and quietly 3-0 and with a quarterback change now as yep. Nick Foles will be the starter moving forward. The, what else? Uh, what else was a highlight to you this week? Well, not necessarily a highlight, but of importance. The Eagles and Bengals resulting in the tie. The Eagles having the ball at midfield, fourth, and I think it was three or four, and with like less than two minutes left in overtime. And instead of going for it, they punt and basically just say, "Hey, if you guys can win it, good for you. If not, we're okay with it. We're zero two. We're okay with a tie." That's so. Like, scared. You're so scared. But that and that is not Doug Peterson's style. No. It's almost like he's coaching scared right now. He has yeah. no confidence in what's going on. Who can blame uh, him? Offense has been I don't up know. And down. I didn't hear how serious Dallas Goddard's injury is, but that's a problem for them moving forward if yeah. it if it is serious. Um Carson Wentz doesn't look like the same dude that in what was it, twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen yeah. he was he was throwing darts out there and throw to right now again. I mean Yeah, but I mean he was throwing to Elshon Jeffrey who moves like I do at the time. So But I he's mean, got a nice catch radius, Kev. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> see my catch radius. I'm Mr. Miyagi the shit out of some flies. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of weird games, a lot of I just want to talk about two teams in particular that are 0-3, and, and they're kind of surprising to be 0-3. Uh, first is the Houston Texans, uh, obviously making it into winning a wild card game against my beloved Bills last year. Now 0-3 to start the year. Not looking good, like we, you and I were talking earlier. They still have to play Tennessee twice. They still have to play the Colts twice. Uh, really tough sledding for them. And then the other one, to me, that's a big surprise at 0-3, is the Vikings. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings just keep losing these tight games. Um, having a lead this week against Tennessee, and Tennessee coming all the way back to win. Um, very interesting to see those teams and kind of keep an eye on them. I mean, some of the other ones we knew were going to be 0-3, or it's not a surprise. Yeah, it's desperation time for some of these teams, and it's an angle that I like to play oftentimes. But, I mean, this week, Houston ends up, you know, they're playing against Minnesota this week. Yeah. And, it, you know, for me... It, it kind of nullifi- nullifies that because both teams are going to be playing with desperation. Yep. So, uh, a game to keep an eye on. You've got 0-3 against 3-0 and on Monday night in Green Bay. Atlanta's getting, I think, 7 or 7.5. Seven seven yeah. yeah. I'm going to wait on that because I think the money's going to come in on Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay's looked really good. So If that crosses 7, I'm going to play the Falcons just for the pure desperation fact and the fact that they can score a ton of points they too. Can score. So if you give me more than a touchdown in a spot for a team that's 0-3, going to go in and play against a Packers team that's coming off a big win in prime time that, you know, a lot of juice is used in those games. There, there's a lot that is expended when you have yeah. a big win like that. So they, they're coming home off a big win. The Falcons got a bad taste in their mouth after two straight tragic losses. <laughs> so give me. I'm going to play the Falcons, I, and I might play them even if it's at seven. It's not one of my picks this week, but it's an. Since you brought up the 0 and three teams, that's one that really stands out to me. All right, let's talk a little UFC. Yeah. Um, do you want to do power rankings now, or? Yeah, we can do power. Yeah, rankings. let's do power rankings. So, um, I've gone through and made my updates to the power rankings this week. Who's the biggest riser? 
the biggest riser. We have two teams that moved up four spots this week. Um, not necessarily all because their team was great, <laughs> but some of the teams in front of them went backwards yeah. too. So the Cleveland Browns have moved from number twenty-two to number eighteen. I just we just mentioned this to you that Cleveland's quietly two and one. Yeah, the Browns have made a lot of noise in the press the last couple seasons, and for them to be two and one, it's pretty quiet right now. We'll see that they're playing Dallas on Sunday. A win there, I think you start getting some noise. Yeah, so I had them hurdle um, the Jaguars, uh, who moved down two spots. Uh, they jumped over Houston. They jumped over Philadelphia, and yep. they jumped over the Chargers. Yeah. So to me, it just felt like a, a spot that made sense for them to move them sure. up. Um, and then the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, as a Dolphins fan, I try to maintain my objectivity while I'm looking at this stuff. Um, they, they jumped over uh, Carolina, Detroit, um, which, you know, Detroit moved up too, um, just not as much as Miami did. Uh, let's see, Washington um, was downgraded considerably this week, and so was Denver. Uh, those were the, the two, three teams moved down four spots, New Orleans, Washington, and Denver. Um, to me, Washington, they had a good win the first week coming back against Philadelphia, but that win doesn't look as good now. Yeah. And Denver is in complete disarray. Yeah, they have so many injuries, it's so bad. Yeah, so... You know, for me, you've got... I, I'll run through the bottom five and top five here, as I did last week. At 32, the Jets stay there because they're still a mess. Um, I'm not sure they can win more than one or two games, and they don't have a whole lot of encouraging things happening. Adam Gase has to go. He, he's, no, he's no good. He's awful. And the only thing that I'm going to say is they're playing the team that I have ranked number 31 this week, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, Denver on Thursday night football. On Thursday night football. Yeah. If the Jets are going to get a win, I think this is a spot the Jets can win the game. I actually like them. I'm going to play them probably this week. Yuck! I know it's hard to do, right? Yeah, it's hard to do. It, but I don't play Darnold anytime it's this close to Halloween because you know he likes to see ghosts, right? But Darnold's playing against Brett Rippin, <laughs> who I watched in college and was not impressive there. Um, Denver is ravished with injuries. And Brett Rippon takes over. This game's going to be gross. a stinker, is yeah, the note that gross. I put in here. Yeah. So you got 32 against 31 to kick off your football week. At least we don't have to worry about seeing them on Sunday. Yeah, Stay off my Red Zone channel. Good old Frank Gore. <laughs> At number 30, the Washington football team. Yeah. Not a great performance in the second half against Cleveland. Oh, yeah. And I don't think... Young got hurt. And you've got Dwayne Haskins, who he's not the answer. He's turning the ball over now. Um, it's going to be time to find a long-term answer there in D.C. And yeah. the thing is, I like Dwayne Haskins. I think he's a, I think he's a good kid. I think he works hard for them. But I, I don't think that he's that he has a future as a starter in the yeah. league. I uh, need Justin Fields. Yeah, well, yeah, you're going to go to another Ohio State quarterback right behind this? Yes. Right. <laughs> so, at 29, I have the Minnesota Vikings. They've actually moved up two spots from 31. They lost a close one. They played Tennessee tough. Yes. Tennessee's uh, good. They looked like there was a wake-up call there. You've got some of this COVID stuff going on surrounding Tennessee and Minnesota right now, but everybody tested negative in Minnesota today. Yeah. So that was a, a big thing for them. Mike Zimmer's job could be in trouble if they continue to struggle here. So this is a huge week for them. I expect big motivation going into this game against Houston. 
who's also 0-3. And, and at 28, I have the Detroit Lions. Uh, they moved up one spot. It was a great job going in there. You get a big win in Arizona. Um, can they keep it together? There's there's lots of talent on that team. Yeah. Can they put it together? Uh, you know, they had some disappointing games early in the season. Yeah. So th- that loss to the Bears was was really bad. Yeah. They had, I mean, Stafford throws a touchdown pass to win the game, and it's just dropped in the end zone. I honestly feel like I would have Detroit a bunch higher if Matt Patricia wasn't their head coach. I don't blame you. I think that that's one of my biggest things that reserves me from moving them up the list. So that's the bottom five. Let's talk about the top five now. Um, at number five, and Bills fans, you just missed again. You moved up one spot. <laughs> but you didn't have really an overwhelming performance. You know, Had that game gone on cruise control in the second half, I think you'd have leapfrogged into the top five here. Uh, Tampa Bay at number five. They moved up from number six. They handled their business in Denver. Yeah. Brady looks like he's getting more comfortable. The running game has a really nice stable of backs. There were Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette and Keyshawn Vaughn's on that roster, too. Yeah. That, that is a nice group he's got in the backfield. Um, and then you've got Godwin, who's a little bit dinged up now. But Mike Evans, Mike those tight ends. Yeah. I mean, that team's just loaded. Uh, at number four, the Baltimore Ravens. They moved back one spot this, this week after a disappointing performance. Um, by that offense against Kansas City. Uh, I wrote here that Andy Reid has their number, and he does. I mean, he he seems to have Baltimore figured out. And I don't want to move them down too much based on that one performance. You don't want to overreact to losing to the Super Bowl MVP. (laughs) Absolutely. And at number three, I have the Green Bay Packers. They jumped up one spot here. Um, Looks like they have... Their offense looks really complete right now. They have a yes. running game, and without Devontae Adams, they still threw the ball really well. Yeah, uh, The defense is doing enough, and yeah. I, I think that they're going to be successful all year. This team reminds me. I don't, I don't know if I've absorbed this watching their, their game the other day or if this is something I, I drew my own, but the, they really remind me of the old Colts teams where their offense is good, they run the ball, they had Edgerton James and Peyton throwing the ball to Harrison. And then on defense, the defense wasn't great, but they had guys that could rush the passer yeah. and could make big plays happen that were enough to, to pull them away. And, you know, this feels like a team... This is a team that lost the NFC Championship game, and they didn't get run out of the building at all last year. No. Uh, with San Francisco taking a step back, that's the style of team that they seem to struggle with, a team that's going to hammer it at them and keep it out of Rodgers' hands. Yeah. They do well against teams that spread it out and try to keep up with them in a shootout. So I think that they're really well-positioned to be competitive this year. I think they can beat Seattle. Um, which That's a game script game for me. If if Seattle can keep it close so they can run the ball, Packers might be in more trouble. But if Packers get out to a lead, they can run away with it. Yeah. And at number two it is Seattle. Yeah. Uh, Seattle moves down one spot here. And that's because... You know, quite frankly, they should have been able to win that game more comfortably against Dallas. Um, they were fortunate to have a few things happen down the stretch to yeah. get that win. Um, I, I'm not a, I'm not happy so, with the, the defense is the concern. The yeah. defense is the concern. Now you've got Jamal Adams injured. You've got Chris Carson injured. They get a they get to go to Miami this week. Um, so it should be a, it's a game they're favored by seven points. So this could be an opportunity for those guys to get some rest and get ready to come back for some of their bigger games coming up. Um, but if you if you could have one guy in the league, if you know the game's going to be a shootout as your quarterback, isn't Russell Wilson your guy? 
He's he's unbelievable in these games. He responds to these scores back and forth yeah. all the time. He's and, very good in close games. Yeah. He always seems to find a way. Yeah. So, um, now uh, the number one team this week is the Kansas City Chiefs. Back on top after winning the Super Bowl last year. They had a tough game against the Chargers. Again, we talked a little bit about this. I think their game plan was a little tossed off. Yep. By the Herbert start at the last second. Yeah, defensively for sure. And uh, Kansas City didn't necessarily play their best game, but division games, that's what happens. The Chargers' defensive line is very, very good. Yeah. It caused some problems. So, you know, then they go in and they just they played a beautiful game against Baltimore. Like I said, it got to 27. Was crazy. Yeah. It got to 27 20 at one point, but to me, the game never felt that close. Yeah. So um, that's where we're at right now, guys. Full power rankings will be up on the website again this week. If you want to take a look and critique those, just shoot me a message. Um, this is a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying doing this every week right now. So um, now on to some UFC some chatter. UFC chatter, yeah. Um, big, big card <laughs> last weekend. I mean, huge card. Yeah. Adesanya against Paulo Costa. Was so excited for this fight. I thought it was going to be an amazing fight. And then Paulo Costa... Didn't land a punch, maybe? No. Like, yeah. Landed a couple leg kicks. He was very non-threatening. No, And he looked indecisive. And I I feel this... You see this a lot with guys who are very good strikers, like Adesanya. You'd see it with Anderson Silva. Uh, guys who are normally aggressive being hesitant because they know they leave their chin out there, it's gone. And I think it, I think that's the wrong philosophy. You've got to dance with what brought you. Your aggressiveness and going after using your power and strength and intimidating people, go after him. If you lose, go out on your shield. You still lost, but you were backpedaling the whole time. Absolutely. And and the big thing is, I think that the, it's not even the guys that are like one-punch knockout guys that this happens with. It's the guys that are these crisp, clean yeah. technicians. The you know, John Jones yeah. and Israel Adesanya have both done this to people over the course of their careers. Yeah. And then the people that have had success against John Jones, Alex Gustafson went in swinging away. Yeah. And he fought him toe-to-toe. And you, you got to do one of two things. You either got to swing away and just be like, let's go, mm-hmm. game on. Or you have to be like, DC had some close fights by... Getting it, muddying it up. Yeah. Getting the clinch, being bigger, putting them up against the cage. You know, there's guys in this division who are big enough and strong enough to do that to Israel. But he's so good at getting away, just staying at distance with his long arms. He and keeps his moving. Long kicks yeah. And, uh, you know. And guys think about closing the distance and he, and they get kicked in the face or they yeah. take, they eat a stiff Faint. jab, you know, and, and they don't want to come in. No. And the thing is, you've got to. You've got to. I can't wait for the the, the fight where somebody bullies him up against the cage. Somebody's got to put him on his back, too. Yeah. I want to see him on his back, see how he does. But that's the that's the fight game. Yeah. So, very fun fight. What else did we have on that card? Um, Jan. That was, oh, so. Blachowicz. Yeah. Jan Blachowicz. He uh, pulls the upset. Yeah, a little uh, bit. I mean, well, actually, a little, he was a pretty big dog, Two seventy five, something like that. Yeah, he was able to take out um, Dominic Reyes, and it, it was a big upset. And but he looked so much better than Reyes in that fight. It didn't last long, but yeah. the whole time he looked like the better fighter. So we'll see. I mean, I think the good thing is Costa and Reyes are both young enough to rebound from this kind of stuff. This is Costa's first title fight. Reyes' second title loss in, in a year. Obviously, he, he fought a really good fight against John Jones, and a lot of people still think he won that decision. 
Styles make fights, though, and John Jones style didn't give Reyes near as much trouble as as Jan, you know, who who was just he just seemed tough and and yeah, like he's on a roll. And he's he didn't have any concerns about he wasn't going to dance in that fight. He was going to sit down on shots and felt like it seemed like if he could lure Reyes into the same kind of fight, he was going to win, and he did. So really fun fight to watch, guys. Yeah, and then the the you know the cliche now after everyone wins their titles, John Jones basically talks trash about both of them. Yeah, all you know, I was going getting ready for heavyweight. Why don't I just go win these two belts real quick, kind of deal. Yeah, um, you know, I still would love to see him and, and Israel go at it at some point. I just not sure it's gonna happen. Yeah, Jones is too big. Israel's not moving up anytime soon. He's a, he's a little guy at his division right now. Right. So, let's move to our selections for this week, guys. Yes, let's talk some gambling. Yeah, let's talk about what we think. So, let's uh, go college. Out. Yeah, college to start. And uh, I'll kick it off. I'll, I'll make the off. first selection. My first pick is a team that has two games scheduled this week, this season. Mm-hmm. Two games scheduled this season. Yeah. The Air Force Falcons are playing against Navy, getting seven points. Taking the Falcons. I'm taking Air Force. So this is Air Force's first game. Navy plays a similar style to Air Force. Yeah. Air Force has had no one to look at and prepare for other than Navy for weeks and weeks. And they have the people to do it, to prepare for it. So defensively, I think they're going to do a great job against Navy, who struggled against a BYU team that was also well prepared for them. Yeah. So I love... The fact that Navy has no film on this Air Force squad, and Air Force has seen exactly what Navy's going to try to do this year. Uh, so for me, I am all over Air Force plus seven in this spot, and don't be afraid to sprinkle a little on the money line. All right. So my first bet out of the gate is going to be my lock of the week. It is a early afternoon affair. I'm going to take. I'm going to stick with the Baylor Bears, minus three, going to play West Virginia. Uh, this seems like too low of a line for me. I'm a, Baylor looked good last week. They're going to get to games. Again, we, we talked about this. I'm going to bet Baylor until they start playing good teams, and then I'm going to bet against them because I don't think they're as good as they were last year, but they're still getting the easier teams. They're going to get built up here before I, th- I think they're going to fall back. So I got Baylor minus three. And then my money line pick. It's a little, a, a big game this weekend. Auburn, Georgia. And I'm taking Auburn to win it on the field. Plus 215. I was not impressed with Georgia last week. I, I feel like Auburn played a, a better team and had a better looking win. And I think Georgia just is, they're still trying to find their way. Uh, we'll see if they can figure out who their quarterback's even going to be. Um, it seems like. They got a couple different options. We'll see the day of what will happen. But I, give me the quarterback who's proven in the SEC and Bo Nix to uh, pull that one out. I, I think it's the game of the week. I think it goes without saying. Uh, but I'm going to take the underdog on the money line. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're speaking my language here, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so my next couple of selections, um, I have a couple of SEC games I'm going to pick here. I like it. I have Kentucky minus six against Ole Miss. Kentucky played a contested, tough game 
against an Auburn team uh, that was returning a bunch. Uh, pretty talented group there in Auburn. And Kentucky played very well in the game. Were it not for an interception in the end zone at the end of the first half, Kentucky would have been leading that game, and things may have been different. Yeah. So, for me, that Kentucky team is completely underrated still. They're laying six points to an Ole Miss team that Lane Kiffin is taking over. They got into a weird, like, shootout-style game with Florida, and they were hanging in for a while, but they just couldn't keep up with Kyle Trask. Uh, I think that Terry Wilson and... Uh, that running game, I think it's going to be too much. Kentucky's defense is really good, and I expect this team to win the game and win the game comfortably. So I have the Kentucky Wildcats, minus six, over Ole Miss. Then I'm going to roll to the other side of Mississippi, and I'm going to take Mississippi State and Mike Leach, minus 18 against Arkansas. Mississippi State with a huge game against LSU. 623 passing yards. They've still got one of the best running backs in the nation in the backfield in Kylan Hill. Arkansas has Felipe Franks that's taken over at quarterback. They don't have enough talent on that roster right now. They've gone through a transition in the coaching staff. They're going to have a very difficult time dealing with this air raid offense. When Georgia started throwing the ball more in the second half, um, Stetson Bennett ended up like 20 of 29 for 211 and a couple touchdowns. And they're going to have a, a brutal time dealing with this Mississippi State offense. If Mississippi State can avoid turning the ball over. This game will be over early. And uh, I, I'm going to go with the Bulldogs here uh, to blow out the Razorbacks at minus 18. All right. My last college pick. Uh, not feeling. I'm going with this pick. I'm going with Alabama. I have them right now, minus 18 against Texas A&M. It's a very strange game to me because Texas A&M right now is ranked 13 somehow. They barely beat Vanderbilt last week. Vanderbilt's not supposed to be good at all. Vanderbilt does not look good. They're bad. They beat them 17-12 in a game that was just gross. It was they were winning. <laughs> they were winning 14-12. In, in the fourth quarter, kicked a field goal to pull to pull away by five. I mean, the, this game was just ugly. The team did not look very good. So I'm going to take Alabama to do what Alabama does and just stomp mediocre teams into the ground. Yeah, I like it. I was I was a very much considering that play myself. So uh, I don't see any way that 18 is going to be enough no. in this spot. And in at any way at all. I know that they didn't run Missouri out of the building last week. But they didn't have to. They were comfortable that whole time. And they're going to do... I think they're going to beat Texas A&M worse. So, um, I like that pick, Tom. Let's move to the NFL with our uh, picks over on the NFL side. Tom, you kick us off here with your first pick. All right. When you get on a train and it's going in a direction you like, you stick with it. I'm sticking with it with the Kansas City Chiefs to cover. They're hosting New England. I just... I have a hard time seeing that Patriots offense putting up enough points to stay within seven of the Chiefs. The Chiefs are able to score at will, and that defense, again, when you see what they did to Baltimore, stopping the running game, that's going to limit what New England can do. New England's been successful pounding the run. 250 yards rushing last week. Cam Newton's been successful running the ball. Cam Newton's not Lamar Jackson, and they held him in check. So give me the Chiefs minus the seven. 
Yeah, it's an interesting one. I uh, I'm not entirely sure that I want to be on that side, um, because I'm I'm just concerned about Belichick being able to scheme things up on defense enough to create some problems for Kansas City, and I think they're a different style running quarterback here. Sure. Instead the of the ex- not, yeah, yeah the power instead of the speed and the flash of of Lamar Jackson. So, the, but their running game is a power running game with Baltimore. Mark yeah. Ingram up in there, Dobbins up in there, and yeah, it's got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's one I'm going to stay away from, but Tom likes it. So. I love I love this Chiefs man. I'm going to keep riding on it. <laughs> my first NFL pick is going to be my lock of the week, and it's the Arizona Cardinals playing at Carolina. Ooh. Ooh. They are minus four, and um, I like the Cardinals in this spot to bounce back after a loss. That's a big angle for me here. Carolina comes home riding high, getting that win at the Chargers. Now Arizona comes to town. With a much more explosive offense, yeah. I feel like the the Arizona team is going to do plenty, score plenty of points in this game. I think that four points is extremely low, and I am all about the Arizona Cardinals at minus four. My next pick, this is my money line pick of the week, and this is going to be a weird one for people to hear. Um, <laughs> my my money line pick of the week is the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers. This is an Eagles team that's going to be playing with desperation. We talked about the desperation angle. They're 0-2-1. They're going on the road to play an injured and battered San Francisco team. San Francisco played a great game against the Giants, who didn't know what to do without Saquon Barkley on the offensive side of the ball. (laughs) They sure didn't. They had no idea, and there was no threat of a run game. So that San Francisco defense could just pin their ears back all day long and and be prepared for the passing game. To me, this is a spot where the Eagles are going to come in. They've got to win. They have to. You've got to get rolling here. Yeah. Against an injured and beaten up San Francisco team, when I saw that it was seven points and I can get plus 250 on the money line, I'm taking the Eagles on the money line to get off the schneid this week after that disappointing, terrible performance against Cincinnati. It's pretty bad. But I'm going to follow it up. I think the Eagles win this game. All right. My next two picks for the NFL. I'm going to the Battle of the Losers. The two 0-3 teams battling it out. And I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings plus the 5. The plus the 5 is the key here. I don't think the Texans are that much better than Minnesota. I think I like... You know, their losses are a little nicer than Minnesota's losses. They've been competitive in games against good teams. Minnesota's had a couple bad beats. I expect this to be a close game. So give me the five points. Give me the five points with the Vikings. And then, my last one, I'm going to take the Bears plus the two. I think Chicago is figuring some stuff out. Foles was already named the starter. He's going to practice all week. And they're going to be hosting the Colts. And I do not trust... Philip Rivers against the pass rush that's going to get after him, make him move his feet. We've all seen these games. If you get Philip Rivers moving front, back, left, right, it doesn't matter. That ball's getting thrown up for grabs. So give me the Chicago Bears to continue their almost improbable run here and pull out one at home plus the two. You can you can hit this on the money line. I already have my money line pick with Auburn, but this this is one I would – feel good putting on the money line as well. And this is a side that I don't think many people are on. Yeah. 
except you and I right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm on the Bears again this week. Yeah. Pure power ratings, I have the Bears better than the Colts right now. Yeah. And they're at home. And they're playing. And they're dogs. Yeah, and they're getting two and a half points. And so. I think the offense looks better with Foles. Yes. Foles is a more confident passer. I, to me, I, I don't think Trubisky is a bad quarterback when he throws the ball. I just think he's not confident in where he should go with it. He seems indecisive, which makes him hold it, which makes him make bad decisions. I think Foles is. I know where i got to go. Let's go. Foles is going to give guys an opportunity yes. to they make plays. players on that they Bears do. team. Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson are the most underrated duo yeah. of receivers so in the NFL. Between the two of them, there's so much speed on the field. Yeah. And then David Montgomery's still looking very solid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that play, Tom. I like that play. My final NFL selection this week, we're going to go to Cincinnati, and I'm going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars, plus three at Cincinnati. Here's my angle on this. You've got Jacksonville coming off an embarrassing loss at home in prime time. Extra time. You've got Cincinnati coming coming back home after probably what feels like a moral victory to them. You know, they, they, they get a tie. The old kiss against, on your sister. Yeah. They get a tie against the Eagles. By all accounts, I feel like the Eagles should have won that football game. They just kept yeah. giving away opportunity after yeah. opportunity. The Bengals were left in that game. The Bengals have some things going for them. But Burrow, I feel Burrow like, looks solid. Yeah. He looks good for a rookie. That's yeah. nice relief for them. <laughs> James Robinson is good. He is good. This running back is good. And they already had Mix in there. Yeah. It's awesome. So so you you add James Robinson to the mix with Jacksonville now. Gardner Minshew is going to play a better game than he played last week. Yeah. I expect this Jacksonville team to come out charged up, oh. ready to respond. Doug Marone seems to do a good job with his teams coming off a loss. So I, and the extra time to prepare, I think. I mean, Jacksonville played Thursday. They had a couple extra days to get ready. So they got to sit and watch that Cincinnati game live, and uh, I'm sure, you know, they've they've done a lot of work uh, preparing for this game. They feel like this is a winnable game for them. I, I like the Jaguars plus the three. What other uh, what other games this weekend are you excited about, Kev? Here, I did, didn't make my card, but you know, I, I can tell you right now that I'm going to be betting the Bills minus three probably tonight because that's yes. where I saw it. That there's so much chaos in Vegas right now. Go figure. You've got injuries <laughs> like crazy. Yeah, their list is insane. And and the list is of players that matter. Yep. It's not like they just have cluster injuries. It's like they have impact players at multiple positions. Brian Edwards has been their best receiver this year, and he's out. More than likely out. He did not participate. You've got uh, Jonathan Abram, who's been their best defensive player, player. was limited. Yeah. Uh, you've got Darren Waller, who's a little nicked up. Trent Brown is going to be did not participate. Yeah, Richie out. Incognito is out. Arnett's out. Arn, Damon Arnett in the secondary is out. To me, there I don't see how Buffalo with a very small injury list. Again, I don't know what Buffalo's doing to their players, but they haven't had any injuries for two years, and it's getting ridiculous. You see that huge strength and conditioning thing? It costs millions of dollars, man. <laughs> it's worth every penny. Thank you, Terry and Kim. Yeah. So. Uh, you know the Bills are very healthy uh, coming into yeah. this game. I don't know if they have anybody that of substance. John Brown's re- probably yeah. going to be out, but Gabriel Davis Gabriel looks Davis awesome. Is, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be a <laughs> better player. Awesome. He's going to be a better player than uh, John Brown. He by the way, pan out. Gabriel Davis should have had a touchdown in that game. Yeah, on that play where he had a tiptoe on the sideline. Yeah, set your feet, Josh, and deliver that <laughs> ball. How many times is he going to miss guys for touchdowns hey. this year? They could they could be. 
absolutely scoring 40-something points a game. The most accurate deep ball passer in the NFL this year is Josh Allen. If you want to call that accurate, well, you've got guys running wide open by themselves, Highest and they've got to stop, tiptoe on the sideline. Highest completion percentage down, down you know, the field. Let's be, let's be real. You and I both Throws know, down the field. You and I both know that Stats just because lie. a pass is completed doesn't mean it was a good pass. But it's accurate, and that's all it It was not accurate. That pass to Gabe Davis was not got it. accurate. Yeah, and he had to step out of bounds instead of scoring a touchdown. He had 12 <laughs> yards on have, the defenders. He did have a bit. 12 yards on the defenders. Listen, these are these are very big strides for Josh. Last year, he would have thrown that ball 10 yards out of bounds. I've given credit to him <laughs> all you know all year. I've been telling yeah. everybody he's made so much stride it's when it comes crazy. to putting touch on the ball. He's finally doing that. This is the one thing that's driving me crazy right now. When he's rolling out and he he breaks the pocket, creates an opportunity for his receivers to get open, and then he's not setting his feet and delivering. Yeah. Just set your feet and deliver. You've got the time. Let it go. And and that's the one critique I'm going to make of Josh Allen right now. Otherwise, the guy is playing tremendous football, and he's going to go in and he's going to run the Raiders out of the building. I'm so home. so you know, get your get your wagers in early because three is way low from what it's going to be on Sunday. Particularly if anything comes down with this whole COVID, Derek Carr, Jason yeah, Witten. Yeah, what, what Kevin's talking about. If you don't know, the uh, some of the Vegas Raiders players are being investigated for COVID violations which can lead up to an eight-day mandatory quarantine, which, of course, would cover Sunday. So the guys at this were Carr, Darren Waller, and Nathan Peterman. So you have your starting and backup quarterback and your star tight end. Um, Couple that with all the other injuries. I mean, there could be a skeleton crew walking in there for Las Vegas. I'm I'm hammering that minus three. If nothing else, those guys are going to miss practice time. So, guys, you heard it. Those are our picks this week. Yeah. It's uh, I I'm telling this is the most confident I've been by a long shot on my selections this week. I feel like I'm starting to get a handle on what we're seeing this year, some of the effects of this weird season in college and NFL. So I think that we're going to have a great weekend ahead of us. Um, hit us up on Twitter at hammered underscore sports. Check out the website hammeredsportspod.com. Hammered Sports Podcast on Facebook, guys. We're going to continue with the interaction. Expect some. Uh, Short notice wagers again on Twitter. That's the most important place to follow us, guys. It really is. Jump on Twitter because that's where we're giving out picks and that's where we're having a lot of success is these short notice selections. So um, next week we'll be back recapping all the action. Um, Should be a fun weekend of football again, Tom. Absolutely. Be ready. All right, guys. We'll see you next week.